Hey, folks, I know there are lots of business owners who listen to this show. Maybe some of you never planned on running a business, but now here you are. One thing you've always got to keep in mind is how much you're spending on your operating costs. That's one of the first things we had to keep in mind with WTF. And with things costing more today than they did when we started, you want to keep your expenses down. To reduce costs and headaches, be smart and use NetSuite by Oracle, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. Reduce IT costs, cut the costs of maintaining multiple systems, improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash WTF for more. That's netsuite, N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E dot com slash WTF. All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fucking ears? What's happening? I'm Mark Marin. This is my podcast, WTF. Welcome to it. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here in the, the garage at the Cat Ranch. In the, in the last days of the garage at the Cat Ranch. Well, you know, it's weird. Uh, I've talked about this a bit. And I say it's the last days, but I've not done anything yet. And, and everything it happens relatively slowly with me. And I don't, I don't know why that is. I think maybe that's the way I can handle things. I, I don't know how you do things. Some people, it's just a, you know, when you have some movers come over or you do it yourself and you just clean the place out. Clean the whole house out. Clean the storage unit out. Clean all of it out. Whatever you're doing, you're cleaning it out. You're, I, you know, I, I know I'm capable of that, but I, I don't, uh, I don't do that. I, I don't like if. And obviously, I have the luxury of a little time. Not sometimes you got to get out for either uh, you know good reasons or bad reasons. You know, sometimes sometimes you're being run out. Uh, which is, I didn't mean to laugh there at the whatever I thought of in my head. It, it was just the the discomfort of that situation that I made up in that moment. I can react to things that happen in my mind and nowhere else. It's it's my freedom to do that. But I, uh, I th- when I moved the stuff out of the house, most of it, it was just uh, slowly, piecemeal, in a, in a way I can handle, carload by carload. Granted, I'm not moving across country, and that would make it more difficult and time-consuming. But I'm just doing it the way I can can do it, the way I can handle the process. I'm I'm not I I have not moved anything, and I can. That I mean that's the point I'm I'm trying to make. But I'm busy, you know. I'm, I once again I'm I'm overwhelmed with stuff. I do the podcast twice a week. I'm still shooting the the second season of Glow. I'm trying to get some comedy together. It's uh and and you know I'm getting things ready. These aren't problems. They're they're good things. But that doesn't mean I'm not uh, anxiety-ridden, full of dread about the world and about whatever I have to do tomorrow and uh, everything else. But, but I'm trying to find the the part where it's sort of like, no, these are this is great. This is this is what you worked for, and uh, as opposed to you know, and being in that work and excited about it, as opposed to being like, oh my god, what do I got? I got to what? Ah, oh, fuck. And then in the back of my mind, it's like, yeah, but you chose this life, man, and it worked out. You know, for now it's working out. So what are you complaining about it working out for? Because I'm I'm tired and it's a lot of work for it to work out. Anyway, speaking about working and 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 being in it for the long haul, 
That was something I really do. That's called a segue. Uh, today on the show, I talked to Richard Jenkins. Richard Jenkins is somebody we all know. You may not think you know him, but you know him because he's been in a lot of movies. And for a long time, he was sort of that guy. And I think to some people, he probably still is. Oh, there's that guy. Who's that guy? That's that guy. But this guy, Richard Jenkins, is one of the great American actors. And uh, you might remember him from uh, his Oscar nomination. And I, I, I thought he had won it. Uh, for the visitor in 2008, but he was on. He was the the basically the ghost of the father on Six Feet Under. He's been in a lot of uh, a couple of Coen Brothers movies. He was in all the Farrelly Brothers movies. I actually saw him in his first film recently on TV. He was in uh, uh, the Witches of Eastwick, and he's been in a lot of movies. He was great in uh, Flirting with Disaster, the David O. Russell thing. He did, and he did uh, I Heart Huckabees with David O. Russell. But anyway. He's been in a lot of movies. He was just in that LBJ movie with Rob Reiner, which I didn't talk to him about. But the movie he's in now and the reason why he's around, because he doesn't live here in L.A., is uh, for The Shape of Water, which I saw. I've seen a lot of his movies. I've seen a lot of the movies that are nominated. Anyway, it, it rained, massive rain here in Los Angeles, and it got chilly. It didn't get freezing, but it got damp, and it got chilly to the bones chilly and i am so fucking happy when it rains out here i can't even begin to tell you this this city gets so fucking dry that you're like what are am do am i gonna just dry up am i losing water at an inordinate amount am i because your skin gets dry that no amount of lotion will help you it's basically the desert la county i believe i believe i've heard that as a fact so i'll present it to you as one the new place that I'm in, where the cats are now, was so dry. It was so dry that I there was so much static electricity in that house that I couldn't touch my cats because it just it it terrified them. I would I would shock my cats. I would go come here, Lafonda, and I touch it and hear that crack, and then the cat would just spin out. You know what I mean when you get shocked? It's not good for cats. It's not. It's disconcerting for humans. But I'm assuming that for a cat, it's very jarring. So they're all freaked out because I've been you know electrocuting them with my fingers for the past month anyway it rained and from living in the here in the house here at the cat ranch for as long as i have over a decade much longer than a decade 14 years or so every time it rains i would go into a panic fuck the roof what about the roof is the roof gonna one time like like 12 years ago Right when I got the house, before I realized you got to clean off a roof, especially a roof with one runoff, water started pouring out of the cabinets because I didn't realize that you had to clean the roof and there was only one hole up there. And it just built up. There was like a foot and a half of water because the one hole got clogged up and water started you know, pouring over the seal of the roof. So ever since then, that, that was traumatic enough that anytime it's about to rain, I freak out and I got to... Go look up on the roof. And some of you who have been with this show for long enough time remember when I stupidly climbed up the ladder when the woman I was dating was in the house at night when it started raining by myself, fell off the ladder right onto flat on my fucking back. And I realized how that happens. It's a terrible feeling to feel a ladder go out from under you a bit, start to wobble. And you know, it's like that 
that second before a car accident, you're like, this is happening. That slow motion moment where you just cross over and you swam on your brakes, you're sliding, your brain knows enough from experience that uh, you're not gonna <laughs> you're not gonna stop in that gap. <laughs> you're gonna keep going no matter how much you got those brakes on. And you have a split second or two to realize like, I'm hitting the car. <laughs> Same with a ladder. You're like, I'm up, I'm up, I'm, oh, it's not, I'm, I'm going down. And sometimes you can make a decision in that split second. Do you tuck and roll? Do you, you know, turn, so you hit your back? Do you protect yourself somehow? Anyway. So I hear the rains are coming and I'm like, fuck the roof. But now I'm barely living over here, you know, and I freaked out. Like it was starting to drizzle and I came over here and I put that ladder up on that, side of the house which is a pretty steep so it's it's tall to check out that roof and uh just mounds of pine needles from my neighbor's tree just just anyway, the entire roof was covered with things that would clog the drain and flood it out and i just immediately went into action where are the bags at do i got any bags because the drizzle's starting so now I'm up on the roof. It's starting to drizzle. There's just mounds of pine needles everywhere. I got one super hefty construction site uh, uh, bag, you know, garbage bag. And then I got a bunch of little ones. So I'm up there. I fill that one up. No gloves on. I'm just using a push broom as a rake and just panicking, chasing, trying to get ahead of the rain so it doesn't make wet piles that rot the roof and then it doesn't you know, drain properly. So I'm shoving these bags. I'm double bagging these shitty little bags the ones and i fill them up there's like eight or nine bags it's starting to rain a bit i go up and down this ladder twice by myself because i'm an idiot i'm a fucking idiot i'm a stubborn dumb man i might go out there right after this because i haven't looked up there since the rains since they passed by myself and there was a moment there where i was doing it in retrospect you know the last time i came down the ladder and i looked down and i realized that it's wet my shoes are muddy uh, you know, I'm, I'm about 20 feet in the air and, uh, and it's a long way down and this ladder is not even great. All those thoughts went through my head in about a split second. And then it, you know, and then I realized like, I, this is how you fall and I'm about to fall and I didn't fall, but I was kind of shook up. It was a little shook up when I got down. Everything's cool, but I'm telling you right now, I might go up the ladder. It's going to be a struggle for me right after I, I finished doing this. So Richard Jenkins, The Shape of Water and many other movies, but The Shape of Water is, is why he's here. And I, I generally don't even think to watch, I guess, what they call fantasy movies. And I thought it was because I, I just don't, I, you know, it's sort of like, aren't they for kids? What, you know, who, what, but then I realized, I, I, I didn't realize anything in, 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 until I, I tuned in because I wanted to be up to speed with what is he's working on and what this movie's about, and I'm watching all the Oscar movies and the awards movies, and I, I just sort of poo-poo fantasy or animated, and I used to think it was because like you know, I'm just not that kind of grown-up who enjoys you know adult Disney movies or animated movies, and adult Disney movies. I don't mean that Disney movies by Disney. I mean the idea that they're they're that fantasy is for adults. Well, this is a very adult movie, The Shape of Water, and what I realized about fantasy is that because it's not essentially presenting itself to be about real people and it's clear that it's not when there's a a man fish in the movie but where it connects to emotionally is something deeper like you you know 
I actually found myself more choked up and emotionally wrought by The Shape of Water than I would, you know, a movie about, you know, real people. Because you get very invested in the fish guy. And you get very invested in the, the, the mute lady. And, you know, there were points in the movie where I'm like, I don't know if I, I don't know if I have the emotional fortitude to make it through this movie. It's killing me. Michael Shannon is demonic. The, the poor fish guy. Half fish, half man fella. But it like, it really, like, I was, I don't know what's happening. I think I'm going through menopause and, you know, I just get very emotional of things, but there is, you know, two thirds of the way through that movie. I'm like, I can't do, I just can't handle this. <laughs> this, this better turn out. Okay. I can't do this. So anyways, uh, Richard Jenkins is great and he's great and everything. And it was, a a thrill to, uh, to talk to him. I was actually a little, a little nervous because he seems like a very decent fella. Uh, he's nominated as, as I am for a critics choice award and a screen actors guild award. So may, I'm going to, I probably going to run into him at the, uh, the things yeah, he'll be in his suit. I'll be in my suit, but this is him and I not in suits in the garage, uh, chatting it. Sometimes I wish I paid more attention in school or in some cases, any attention at all. There are probably a lot of things I could have gotten more out of like literature. And now it's probably not in the cards to go back to school and study the classics. But luckily for us, there's a new podcast called the Foxed page that dives deep into the best books of all time. This is basically like the best possible college English class, but more relaxed and fun. No pressure of grades or needing to prepare something to say in class. It's only the books you want to read and know about presented by best-selling author Kimberly Ford. Everything from Cormac McCarthy to Madame Bovary, from classics like Frankenstein to modern hits like Lessons in Chemistry. I love Ireland, but I missed the boat on James Joyce. The Fox Page has a three-part series on Dubliners, and that's a pretty great starting point. Want to get the most out of what you read? The Fox Page is for you. Get it now wherever you get your podcasts up it's nice to see you i was i was actually a bit uh, a bit nervous uh, about this interview and i've talked to a lot of people as was i <laughs> you were sure <laughs> i'm driving over here because you, you seem like a reasonable nice uh, person well, and <laughs> i imagine you get that but I, I talk to a lot of people, but I was just sort of like, are hey, you sure he's, you know, he really feels like coming over, that kind of thing? Uh, my, my question was, are you sure he really wants to talk to me? <laughs> so so we're in the same boat. Right. So it's going to work out. But when did you come in? Uh, I've been here for about five, four or five days. So you, got, you live on the East Coast, right? I do. So you got out before? I did, but my wife... Um, uh, he got hit with a storm, and she's in the air right now, coming in. She made it out. Yeah, from where Boston? From Providence. Um, but I said, if I ever had a chance to publicly thank Sean Bailey, yeah, who is a fireman in Pawtucket, yeah, and our friend uh-huh. and our snowblow guy, uh-huh. his truck went out, so she wasn't going to make it to the plane, right? And, and Sean came over and uh, and he did it, and he and he and he cleaned our driveway. Well, there you go. He's, he's got his shout out. Oh, he's a great guy. How far away are you from Providence, Rhode Island? I am in in Providence. You're right in Providence. Mm-hmm. And how is that uh, city doing? Because I, you know, I started my comedy career in, in in New England, and I used to do gigs around Providence, and like I did a 
I did a the Cranston Bowl. I did a <laughs> Cranston, Rhode Island. Are you familiar? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's no everybody in Rhode Island knows everybody else. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it's like yeah. Yeah. yeah, Melody, Rhode Island. How's you know? the governor? Oh, she's great. great. Yeah, she's great. But it, it went through some tough times. I mean, my car got stolen, and I've never forgiven the city. I, I what year were you there? Well, that would have been in like you know probably the the late eighties okay. in yeah. in yeah. Boston doing gigs eighty nine ninety ninety one. It's, it's a great city. Now. Yeah, it's just a great city. It, it turned around, right? It did absolutely. And we we got there in nineteen seventy, and it was a burned out town. Right, there was nothing there. Yeah, and, yeah, and it, and you just saw it build up. It did. It's incredible. And I, I think um, well, there's a lot of reasons for it. Who knows? But you know, Brown University and Rhode Island School of Design, yep. and Providence College and Rhode Island uh, College are all in Providence. That's right. Right. The, what is it? Davio Square. Davio Square. Uh, Davall. Davall Square. Mm-hmm. There used to be a, a comedy club called Periwinkles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you remember it? I do. And uh, I'd been. I was doing a gig there, and uh, my car was stolen uh, out from outside <laughs> Periwinkles. <laughs> And I really had the, held the city accountable for years, yeah. but I hear it's nice now. It is. It's great. There's you, a lot of a lot of cultural stuff going on. Well, the, well, do you are you are you still the <laughs> a director of a theater there? No, I did that for four years. Uh, uh-huh. I was an actor. I came to Providence as an apprentice in this theater, the Trinity Repertory Company. Right, and I stayed as an actor for fourteen seasons. Well, where'd you come? Where'd you grow up? DeKalb, Illinois. Yeah. Yeah. How far is that from Chicago? Sixty miles west. So that's too far. It's too to, it's it's, to cor- be like, to, it's corn country. Yeah, there, yeah. But you you couldn't just go into Chicago like you didn't probably didn't have a relationship with Chicago. Well, there was no theater in Chicago when I was there. Um, Steppenwolf hadn't started. Uh, you know those guys. Actually, those guys came out of Illinois State University, which yeah. was right next to where I went to school at Illinois Wesleyan, and they were a little. Um, younger than I was, but they went to Chicago and there was no theater. Right. So they started their own. Right. There was comedy, though. There was, <laughs> there was like, a, yeah, a lot of comedy. Second, Second City, City yeah, and yeah. the Compass Players right. years yeah, ago, yeah. But, but no theater. I wonder really. what, 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 have you ever thought of, like, what if, what if Seven Wolf was around? You'd be a very different actor, I bet. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. If do they, you think? If they had me. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It, it seems to generate a, 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 a certain type of intensity. It changed the city. I mean, Steppenwolf, Steppenwolf did. did, yeah. It yeah. changes. It changed acting. I it think it did. It did. You know, I mean, it, it was a, a theater run by actors for actors. It was all about performance. Yeah, yeah. Did you ever go and see those guys? I saw um, um, their Sam Shepard play. They did um, Gary Sinise and John Malkovich. Uh, oh yeah, Barry Child was it Barry Child? True West. True West. Yeah. Oh, you and, should. and I when I go back, I, I go to Steppenwolf and see, see things. Yeah. You do? Yeah, it's great. It's Malkovich great. and Sinise <laughs> were in, in in True West in yeah. Chicago, and they used to change parts sometimes. Yeah, wow. <laughs> so how do you get into acting in DeKalb, Illinois? What was the family situation? Uh, you don't. You just don't. Um, I'd never seen a play really. I used to go to the movies all the time. Did uh, you have a lot of siblings? No, I'm an only child. Only child yeah. in DeKalb? In DeKalb, yeah. Wow. My, <laughs> Is my, you in the corn? And right across the street. I used to take a baseball bat and hit rocks into the corn. Um, <laughs> Is that true? Yeah, I did. That's true. Uh, my, uh, fa- my father was an only child. Really? My mother had one sister, so we were a small family. Huh. Do you think that had an effect on you? Yeah, oh yeah. I spent a lot of time alone. <laughs> I daydreamed my, my entire youth away. Yeah. And how close was the closest neighbor? Was it that situation? No, they were right next door. Okay, but, but right. it was just uh, you know across the street was a was a cornfield. Uh huh. And did you? But you had friends. Oh, I had a lot of friends. Oh, yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. yeah I had good. a lot of friends. What's your What was your dad's business? He was a a dentist. 
A small town dentist? Yes. How big is DeKalb? Uh, well, when I grew up, it was probably 15,000, and then it got probably 40,000. There was a university yeah. there. So everyone knew your dad, the dentist? Everybody knew my dad, the dentist, which has got its ups and downs. <laughs> Plenty of toothpaste, toothbrushes, yeah. flossing at an early right, age. Your right. teeth are good. Your teeth are good. You I'm, learned all that. I went back to a reunion, a class reunion, and one of my dad's patients had no teeth. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> he said, oh, this happened after your dad. Yeah, you threw your hands up. <laughs> I had nothing to do with it. <laughs> so, so, how do you, so how did you... Uh, find yourself moving towards acting i've always wanted to be an actor i think i used to go to the movies every weekend and i didn't i didn't really care what was on i was just that's the way i saw the world yeah and i i would think to myself how do you do that i mean that's just really interesting yeah so uh it was about eighth grade seventh grade middle school i did a play a one-act play yeah and um i came home and i told my parents i was going to be an actor that was it. And I walked out of the room, and I didn't know this at the time. In fact, this is a story that I found out after I was nominated in 2009. For The Visitor? For The Visitor. Yeah. And they did a, an article in my hometown paper, the DeKalb Chronicle. Uh-huh. And in it, Joanne Fox, who was my English teacher in middle school and or junior highs, yeah. and directed the play, right. told this story about my parents. Which is? Well, my mother called her up and said, you have to talk to my husband. He's being unreasonable. Um, my son came home today and said he wanted to be an actor, and my my husband said, I will not allow it. This is not going to happen. Right. This is not the way to make a living. Right. He'll starve to death. He's not doing this. Yeah. And she said, you have to speak to him. And so she <laughs> put, put him on the phone. So my dad got on the phone, and yeah. uh, Joanne Fox said, uh, so you don't want him to be an actor? He said, no, it's, n- it's not going to happen. So not going to happen. Right. And she said, okay, uh, you put your foot down, but I want you to know this. You have to be willing to accept the fact that he will never forgive you for the rest of his life, ever. And my father, I never knew that. My father was my biggest fan. (laughs) It just, it was like, and I never got a chance to thank him. Wow. Because he was dead when this article came out. And I was, you know. So... So he didn't, so that phone call changed him. It did. And I never knew it. I mean, I I figured, my dad's glad I'm an actor. Yeah, right. And he must have been dying inside. Right, at the beginning. Scared for you. Scared. That I would starve to death. Right. Yeah. And that usually turns out to be the reason why parents don't want their children to pursue this stuff. It's not like a... It's just basic fear for their security. Yeah, absolutely. And and we lived in an area where that just you just didn't do that. What it's not practical anywhere. No, it isn't practical. I don't care where you live. <laughs> exactly. It's not practical. It's the stupidest thing you it, can do. It really is, yeah. and I'm not sure that's a lie. <laughs> no, I, I listen. I, I mean, young actors ask me all the time, "How do you?" Br-? I have no idea. Yeah. No, there's no. No, you know, I, everybody's got a different story. Sure. And it's not a meritocracy. No. There's no. There, there's some weird storm. It's just. There's no. There's no way to give advice other than you, I hope you enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know, work on your thing. And kind of the only thing I say, if you're meant to do this, you'll figure it out. Right. Right. You know, and and if not, at least you'll know. Well, this is not for me. Yeah, but the, you know what the scary thing is, though. It's it takes a real and I. It, it, it takes a certain kind of person to turn their back on it. You know, after like because. Right, you know, you get into it, whatever this is, you know, a number of years, and it doesn't seem possible after, so what, yeah. what, what am I going to do? Right. You know, it, hey, it happened for that guy when he was uh, 90. You know, maybe I'll give... 
<laughs> you keep pushing that guy up, you know. They, right. yeah, and now lifespans are longer. Yeah, right. So I, maybe I, I got 90, a shot. Ninety-four, ninety-five. Yeah, just got to keep working. <laughs> so that well, that's a, a beautiful story. And your mother was always on it. My mother, it. yeah, my mother. I, I never got a chance to thank her. She's the one that said, "Wait a minute, put the brakes on here." Yeah. Well, when when did they pass? I mean, like when they did not see your success, or uh, well, they saw a little. I was in movies when when they died, um, but um, you know, they didn't. Yeah, they didn't see the, the uh, really the, the fun part, right? I mean, but I always, you know, I always supported myself as an actor. I didn't make any money. My wife was a teacher. Sharon. Uh-huh. Um, she dan- ran a dance program in an arts magnet high school. She's a choreographer, so she had health insurance and right. good stuff like that. Yeah, um, but I, you know, I was making two hundred bucks a week. So, so where where did you train? I trained at Illinois Wesleyan. Um, Harold Guskin is a is a um, an acting teacher that I studied with. Um, is really the only one that I studied with. It's a, it's a good school. It was a good program, or did, um, what, did, 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 yeah, it's it's. But until you get out and start doing it, I I, I met Harold after I left school. Um, oh, so and, you in in at Wesleyan, you just kind of well, did what you, you had do to, plays. Yeah, and, and you know, it's like it's it's experience. You have, I mean, it's so much fun. It's yeah, really, it, it doesn't yeah. prepare you to be. But you loved it every from that one act on. I loved every second of it. And did you second. do more stuff? Did you do high school <laughs> stuff? No, I didn't do anything in high school. I had no. I did uh, the Mad Woman of Shayo. I had eight lines, uh-huh. um, and um, I got to college, and I didn't. I didn't know anything about acting, but I. I was in the theater department, right? And, and did you have to audition to get in? Yeah, but I, I, yeah, I had to audition, and I did uh, Big Daddy from Cat in a Hot Tin Roof, and I never even read the play. I just <laughs> got the I monologue. Just took the monologue, <laughs> and, and it was like the <laughs> stupidest thing I ever. Did. Yeah. So they must have been really hard up for students that year because I got in. <laughs> and um, and you, when you audition, you had to audition for everything. You had to sign a sheet so they could keep track of it. And I never went to any of these things. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. At the end of the year, the head of the department called me into his office and he said, uh, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> he said, I know you're in, in school because you're in my class. But he yeah. said, you, you, I'm looking at this sheet. You didn't audition for anything. And But did you or you just didn't sign it? I didn't audition. I said, I don't know how. Right. I thought you were supposed to teach me. <laughs> he, he, he chuckled yeah. and said, all right, you want to do this? I said, yeah, I do. But I just, I'm a little intimidated by all this stuff. Right. So I went to Summerstock that summer. And he said, if if this works out, great. If not, you got to make room for somebody who wants to jump in here and do this. Oh, really? So so his name was John Ficka. And he's another one that just was a big influence on me and uh, and told me after... I think it was my senior year. He said, I, I think you can do this. I think you should pursue this. Uh-huh. Um, so he, once you snapped into shape, you... you and and, some, and it's all you need for somebody to say, I believe in you. It's you know? true. Um, yeah. And even though you may suck, yeah, uh, it's that, oh, wait yeah. a minute. He, he really means this, yeah. Yeah, it's good to have that and to have at least some enough self-esteem to believe them. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and, and I don't have a lot of that. <laughs> I believed it until I started really doing it. I yeah. thought, he's maybe he's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> that bastard. Now I'm stuck. <laughs> now what do I do? So wh- who was this guy, uh, Gust- Gustin? Was it? Harold G- Guskin. G-U-S-K-I-N. Yes, he actually wrote a book called How to Stop Acting. Oh, to get out? No, no. no just, oh, yeah, oh, oh, I see, yeah. to, to and, be natural. And Harold, we were in a theater company together, and he was teaching acting in his basement. After college. Uh, at, at, well, I was in graduate school at, at um, 
Indiana University because you 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 need a graduate degree in acting. Acting, sure. Acting. Oh, you did. You went to you went yeah, to for for one year. I just went one year. And that's where you met this I guy, met Harold. We were in a touring company that toured the and on a school bus, and we performed. Uh, you know productions in all these different towns and colleges and really like to, like you do one production and tour it across the country kind yeah we of did three and we didn't we went mostly the midwest and and this was during the summer or what, oh, what kind of most program? of the year really the year yeah it was kind of a graduate thing we did uh it was what so, an odd thing it's so really it, odd yeah <laughs> what were they one acts or no we did like we did antigone we did 12th night and we did The Importance of Being Earnest. And I was playing John Worthing in The Importance of Being Earnest, and I was so awful that, I mean, it was just horrible. And, and But that's not that deep a play, is it? You know, well, that, that'll, that'll give you a clue as to my talent level. <laughs> um, I, I have never been able to do a British accent. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, so I, that was it. I think what happened was after that play, I refused to do one after that. It was, but um, Harold was in the You gotta play. learn that lesson. You got to learn it. You, yeah, you like got to learn your, your, your limitations. Your limitations. Yeah. <laughs> so Harold's in the play, and Harold was good. He was yeah. really good. And we did Antigone too, and he was the soothsayer. And an actor got sick, and he came in and he played. He was the blind soothsayer. And, yeah. And he has like one huge speech. Yeah. And he comes in, and he's fabulous. And I, and I knew he taught acting at his yeah. house. At his and, house. And I said, could I? Uh, taking classes from you and he turned to me and said I wondered when you were going to ask <laughs> <laughs> so that was and that was in Indiana that was in Indiana yeah Indianapolis no Bloomington Indiana. oh Bloomington that I went right. from Bloomington Illinois to Bloomington Indiana that's a I, I that's a good town yeah it is it's a it's a it's a weird little place yep. it's a yep. little vortex of some kind it is and in the middle is this beautiful university yeah with all the it's all built from oh, the quarry it's rock gorgeous yeah it's, it's gorgeous. all built from that yep. one rock yeah so okay, so what'd you see? This is like so. Now that I talk to actors, because I, I act a little myself, uh, th since he was your primary teacher, I guess you would mm -hmm. say. What was it that you learned that you still used, like craft wise? Well, I really, you know, I just never believe you, you never believe that you're enough. Right. Yeah. yeah gotta be, you know, it's like, I woke yeah, up with that. I've seen Lawrence Olivier. I can't do that, you know? <laughs> um, and, you know, his thing is, you know, respond. Just be there, buddy. Yeah. What, what do you, stop acting. Just yeah, right. listen. What is she saying? Just <laughs> right. respond, you know? Right. And, um, and, you know, I, you know, actually the first, I don't know why I'll tell this, but when the kind of the light bulb went on for me, I was doing, I did a scene for him from The Glass Menagerie. Mm. And I was playing the gentleman caller, and I used to love David Wayne, and he did it on Broadway, and he had a, an album of it. And yeah, I, I like copied that album. You just yeah. did a mimic. Yeah. 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 And and the first line was, you know, uh, I said, "Hello there, Laura," and Harold was watching the scene, and I heard him say, "What?" <laughs> I kind of looked at him, and I went, "Hello there, Laura," <laughs> and he said, "What?" <laughs> "Hello there, Laura," he said, "What did you say?" And I turned to him, I said, "I said hello, Laura." He went, oh, okay, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how, for me, that was my, that was the moment where I went, oh, shit. Be present. Yeah, it's me. Yeah. It's me. It is, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because, like, mm. I keep thinking about it, you know, and obviously, I, you know, I haven't done anything huge, but I do these roles here and there, but it's sort of like you, 
you got to you got to know what you can do, and then you know you show up for it. Because like I notice, like with you and with a lot of great actors, that it's like they're being them. There's just different variations. Absolutely, just, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, There's an emotional regulator. It's it's a rare breed of person that's gonna you know you know put on ninety pounds and and you know and change their, <laughs> their dialect. And I can do it unintentionally, but I can't really. <laughs> but it, but like you said before, like you know you can't do a British accent, so why bother? With yeah, it? yeah. I mean, there, I I don't have a great ear and. I've tried and yeah. I've, I've on stage I've done it actually a lot of times I've never been happy with it um, so I just and you know I've been offered films with British actors in it doing yeah. a British accent are you out of your mind I, said, <laughs> I could see them at the at the lunch table rolling their eyes here he comes <laughs> here, here comes the yank with oh his weird God. dialect yeah. I, yeah I guess that's true I guess it's a different skill it is and I mean I do um, I can do people from the south sure. I, because of my family my mother's side of the family's from the south oh so yeah i grew up with that you know from where what part kentucky oh kentucky people mm -hmm. so you go what your grandparents are down there my, my grandparents were they moved to dekalb oh so um, everyone was there during, so they oh they brought your they brought my mom they came uh, during the depression oh uh, in a they, wagon it, it kind of yeah they all came yeah. so all my aunts and uncles were farmers and all from Kentucky because they fought. My grandmother was a real right. matriarch, yeah. and they all followed her. Right, that was the that was sort of During like they, the they they thought there were jobs up there, and there were. Yeah. They opened a, uh, a canning factory in in the DeKalb area, and uh, they did all right for and themselves. And so they, my grandfather was a night watchman in the factory. Oh. My, my grandmother was a cook at the hospital, um, and so they, and then others came up. You know, there are jobs right. here. Yeah, and, come. Uh, it's good. Some became farmers. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. It's fascinating how that, that... I know. When people... It's like, let's go where it's happening. Now, my father just graduated from dental school, Loyola in Chicago, and he wanted to open a practice. Start a practice at a growing city. So he saw... DeKalb had a college, so he rented off his space, space, made up a fake appointment book for two weeks. Yeah. And he said, I was asleep in my chair in the office and a guy came in and said woke me up he said uh i'd like to get an appointment for and he said oh i looked at my book i said i'm i'm booked for two weeks <laughs> and, and he wrote his name down he said he left and he said, i slept for two more weeks and he came in and, <laughs> that's the tale that's the story that's the story or the start of the business wow man so how do you get from uh, what how do you get from indiana i know so. But it's like, but it's interesting to me because you, you, you know, you make choices, you, you know, to do things. But that doesn't seem like the the logical choice. I, you know, I, I when you look back on it, and you think uh, it's just weird. It's yeah. It's if I had just taken one other turn, who knows what would have happened? You know, but you I, never thought to come out here. That your your trip was theater. I I wanted to be in movies. That's what I always you did. Wanted. Yeah, that was my. Uh, and I came out here in 1975 after our daughter was born to see if I could make my way. And um, they said, "Here's your ass. Let us hand it to you." Yeah, here you go. Uh, it was just have a good trip really, back. Really, really. I was here for about nine, ten months, and it was. I just said, "Not." It's not oh, happening. and that must have been. Uh, uh, that must have been one of those things where you know you have a baby and you oh. got to tell your wife that like I'm going to go to that horrible shithole out there. And no, I, I said, I said I'm going to go out there and hey, but. Three weeks when, oh, I get, when I get an agent, you come out and we'll, we'll get a nice house. <laughs> oh, you had you were, well, I didn't. I mean, you know, but I I didn't know it was going to be. Well, you had group. some confidence. It sounded like. Yeah. Um, well, I had a friend who called me up and he had a series and he said, "Come on out, man, it's great." 
Oh yeah, it's that easy. guy, that guy, <laughs> that yeah. guy. <laughs> easy for real. That guy, you come out and like within a week, he's like, yeah, I got no time, man. Yeah, yeah good luck. Oh, uh, I, I knocked on his door. I said, uh, "Geez, I'm on my way to Europe." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, we're we're still really good friends. Uh-huh. And, yeah, okay, he's, he's still living on. Is he there, still yeah. an actor? Yeah, he's an actor. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, how did you did you do jobs before? No, I drove a laundry truck, uh, right? And I had five accidents in DeKalb. No, in in Chicago. My father-in-law, my my wife Sharon is from Chicago. Oh, okay. And after I graduated, after I left school, I got a job as as an apprentice, I think, at Long Wharf Theater. Um, and but didn't start till September oh. or something. So uh, he got me a job. He worked for a laundry yeah. company, Union Linen. Yeah. He got me a job dri- yeah. driving a truck. A laundry truck. And and I had five accidents in two months. <laughs> Not your bag. And and um, um, one accident, I wasn't even in the truck. How <laughs> <laughs> is that your fault? I came out and it was gone. Oh. And I looked down the hill and it hit a car on the curb. <laughs> the, a, a laundry bag fell off the and hit it, knocked it out of <laughs> into, into neutral, and down it went. And there was a guy standing there with half his face shaved. Yeah. He had a razor in his hand. He was. It's his car, and there was no driver in this truck. It was. Uh, it was brutal. Not your thing. No, no. What is that tidbit of information that I saw that your 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 boss was John C. Riley's dad? Is yeah. that true? Yeah. How, how did that come up anywhere? I, about the last week we were shooting Step Brothers, I said, "So John, um, I knew he was from Chicago." Yeah. I said, "What what did your dad do?" He said, "Um, my dad my dad died at fifty nine. He said, you know, he was my my kids never really knew him. My yeah. wife met him once or twice. He said he was vice president of a laundry. I said, "Oh, geez, that's funny because my my father in law worked at uh, Union Linen." He said, my dad was vice president. As soon as he said, I went, oh, John Riley. That was his name, too. Yeah. Said, John, he was my boss. <laughs> That's so wild. He was the, he was the guy. <laughs> you knew that guy. I knew that guy. And actually, he brought his boat out. My father and I had a little cottage on a lake uh, outside of Chicago. Yeah. And John Riley, the father, brought his boat out and all of his kids. And John C. Riley was five at the time. Right. And I put all of his kids in the boat. So you, uh, I was in. I was like twenty two, and, uh-huh. and I put John C. Riley picked him up and put him in the boat. Did yeah. you tell him that? Yeah, that's yeah. hilarious. Do you remember his dad? Does he seem? Does it make sense? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yes, I, sure. I remember him. Yeah, he he was like no nonsense. This guy was. Yeah, he, yeah. He was. You know, I was terrified of him, but he was nice to me. But he he was. Uh, yeah, he was the boss. Right. Yeah. Sure. Old yeah. school boss. Yeah. And, but he's, you know. All right. So your big your your big idea was to go to Rhode Island to act. I you know uh, so the long war thing didn't work out. They stopped in their, Chicago. Yeah, no, that was in New Haven, Connecticut. Yeah. I, but I was in Chicago. I was waiting to get a call okay. to go work at the Long Wharf Theater, right in New Haven. Yeah, and and they stopped their program for. It used to be a lot of theaters had companies. Yeah, not anymore. And they were starting to phase them out. Even when when what started, year was that? Nineteen seventy. Uh huh. And uh, Arvin Brown was a terrific, wonderful man. He yeah. called me up and he apologized. And, you know, it was, it was nothing, you know, yeah. they stopped the program. But so I went into New York to audition for any regional theaters. And uh, Trinity Rep was one of the theaters. Did you have an agent? I am an agent. So, so how did you how did you know to audition? I had shirts. <laughs> how do you know to? And, but you're married. I called, Are you married at this point? I was married. Yes, I called Theater Communications Group. Yeah. that had to do with auditions for regional theater. Okay, I said anybody coming in. They yeah. said, well, Trinity Rep's looking for somebody, um, but if you're not in town, it's no. I said, no, I'm in town. I was in, I was on a cornfield in uh, yeah, DeKalb. in DeKalb, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, down so, the street. <laughs> so we, I went to New York. 
and this is true. To, I know this sounds uh, like I'm making it up, but it isn't. The guy went in before me to audition. And he had a guitar. Yeah. And he was playing and singing and beautifully. And I could hear the people in there laughing and oh, clapping. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, it was like a concert. Killing. And he came out and he went, good luck. Yeah. And he walks yeah. and I'm like, oh, God. Okay. So I go in and um, I read something uh -huh. that they give me. And I heard, thank you. So, okay, so, oh, yeah, okay. so I get in a plane, I fly home, I say, that's not going to happen. But, you know, a week later I get a call. They want to hire you as an apprentice at Trinity Rep. I was like, really? <laughs> so we drove out to <laughs> Providence, Rhode Island, and the first play I did was, <laughs> it was kind of a musical about Charles Manson. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Huh. It was called Son of Man and the Family. It was this kind of interesting theater. This direct, theater. This director, Adrian Hall, was this yeah really interesting talented guy yeah yeah and so he turns to me and he he really he's like six foot four texan that's just all energy and he's he, he doesn't remember anybody's name right he, he calls you thing yeah okay thing you you thing <laughs> oh man you play the guitar here you you the guitar yeah. you strum 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 i said uh, adrian i don't play the guitar he said yeah yeah you i want you to play the guitar here this is where we need you to play the guitar and i said adrian i, I don't play the guitar yeah. and he stopped and he looked at me he said well, darling, that's why I hired you. <laughs> he thought I was the guy before him. He th they meant to hire the guy before me. Oh, my God. <laughs> so I went home and I said, pack our car. I think it's, uh, but no, I stayed. They oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. He couldn't, they couldn't fire you after that. <laughs> he was like, that would have been so. And he denied it forever. He said, oh, I never did. Well. Oh, my I know God. So that's a good start. Mm -hmm. Nice, confident, kind of like yeah. they wanted me yeah. for what I do. I'm the guy. So you got married and everything back in DeKalb? Right after we graduated in June, married in August. Well, you knew her in college? Yeah, we met in college. We oh. were uh, She was uh, in the theater department, a dancer, a wonderful right. dancer. Um, oh. And um, we started dating. We knew each other from stock and just being in the department. She didn't talk to me very much. But... Um, we got engaged our junior year and got married. Wow, and you stayed together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, this is, a, and, and you didn't come to Los Angeles. You, you, you know, you live a, a, a nice life. Well, thank you. I would have come if anybody would want oh, me Oh, it here. would have been I, terrible. No. Yeah, you, you could have you ended up at Steppenwolf and in Los Angeles, <laughs> and God knows what the hell I mean, you it is a weird life, you know, and how it how things happen. Yeah, I, I and I, had, I came back after Los Angeles. Yeah, to to Providence, and I said this is not going to happen. So, we at got, all, no, we we got to figure out how to do Plan this. <laughs> <laughs> but what, I, so, what what did you do in uh, like once you got into the theater there uh, in in uh, in Providence? What what did you? So that guy was sort of a crazy kind of uh, genius. Off, oh, he was. Oh, he was a genius. Yeah, he off was the genius. grid kind of thinker. He was a seventies. It was groovy. Yeah, but he was really he really thought. What can the theater do that movies and television can't? Why, why, why do people need to come here? And were they coming? Yeah, they were in droves. Yeah, this guy was really gifted. And I'm so um, lucky that I got to spend my formative years in the theater with him. What was his name again? Adrian Hall. Is he around still? He's still around. He's, he's close to 90. He lives in Texas. Uh -huh. He's back home. Yeah. Uh, um, but he taught me a ton, which is... Um, 
we, you know, it, it's like the theater, if you, in the theater, yeah. if Peter Brook used to talk about this. Yeah. If you take this and you go, point to this water bottle and you say, this is a baby. The audience will go, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, but in the movies, you can't. And yet, you go to the theater now and you still see these productions where they have the fake baby and then the, the cry of the baby coming out of the sound system. Sure. You know? It's yeah. like, I mean, come on. We, it, it, movies have to have a real baby. Theater does not. It's interesting. Yeah. That, that, it's, it, I did a play once. I directed a play. Yeah. Twelfth Night. And it's about twins. Yeah. And, and nobody's supposed to be able to tell them apart. And I've seen productions where people have fake noses and they, you know, trying to look, and they, they never yeah. um, So we're in a repertory theater with actors that can't, you I mean, it, you have a choice of the, who you're going to use. Yeah. So th- when the twin comes on stage, I had them stand next to each other and somebody held a sign up behind them and said, these two look exactly alike, Okay. And it was never an issue after that. You know, that's what the theater can do. But that's Shakespeare, right? That's Shakespeare. So, so like, you know, you got, you know, people were there for the for the words. For the words, yeah, yeah. 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 But it's like, you know, I fell into that trap. I had had them put fake eyebrows on and nose, and I was like, what? What are we doing? Yeah, it's about the acting. Nobody really knows. Yeah, that's right. So, but if you're in movies, you got to look just the same. Yeah, unless you're bending some sort of weird rule, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, we're going to do it different. You know, like if you're Todd Salons and you're, you know, well, you're no, shifting. it doesn't mean that sure. yeah, you can push the boundaries no, no, and of course. find out what cinema can do. But that's what he was doing with theater, and right. at, at a time when it wasn't really he, the actor in the audience was really his thing. You know, how do you? Well, that's what it's really about, right? It is. It is. It's like how do you put them in the same room? And and like I never thought about that though that the idea that that people are more willing to suspend their disbelief to have the experience because the experience really is about what's happening absolutely on stage. and as long as the audience understands what's expected of them right they they they'll go with it they're, they're really um, it's it's amazing what the theater can do you know and and you know I mean plays where somebody rings a doorbell I saw a production of the Death of a Salesman where. In, in at Trinity where yeah. there was no props there was nothing it yeah. was just and there were actors and somebody ring a bell and somebody hit a try you know you, you just don't have to be literal right you don't, it just, it's sure. a different world so that was his whole thing how do you how do you make an audience think god I can't get this anywhere else I gotta come back to this right well, you can do. That's it. You can do anything you want, really. You know, with a play, you can. You can, um, and people do. You know, and and I love people to conceptualize plays as long as you don't change the text. Do whatever you want, man. I want to see what, and you know, I want to see what you do. Yeah. Um. And there's some amazing stuff. What was done. the most challenging thing that you did back in the day with that stuff? Acting. Like, um, like what was the one way it made you go like, oh man, is this gonna work? Everything I did. Oh, really? oh yeah. <laughs> kidding me every every time i started rehearsal it was like oh man this is this, is not, this doesn't have a chance <laughs> but i'm gonna do it i'm gonna, gonna I mean, do, can't I work with this guy oh man yeah so you spent uh, just how many years just doing plays with that guy? 14 years oh so did you get to direct and all is that what you learned he how made, to do everything? he made me direct uh-huh i didn't want to and he said it's good for you do it so the first thing i did was billy bishop goes to war and it's a, it's a one, it's not a one act. It's a one man show uh-huh. with a piano. He comes out. He's, Billy Bishop was a Canadian World War One fighter pilot, right? And he tells this story to the audience, yeah. About and there's music and he sings. It's really a sweet, nice show. 
So I didn't know what to I said, what do you do with a set for this? Do you have like hang air propellers? And I, I, so there's a designer, his name is yeah. Eugene Lee. And Eugene Lee was our resident designer. And yeah. he also, he and Adrian shared this aesthetic of yeah. how to make the theater accessible and yeah. alive. And so I took the play to Eugene. I said, Eugene, um, what do we do? We do this maybe with like propellers on a right. curtain. And, yeah. and he kind of looked at me and he goes, <laughs> I said, you know, may, maybe I don't have pictures of World War One." He said, let me read it. And, yeah. And so he read it. And he came back and he said, we'll do it in a bar. I said, okay. Um, so we build a bar on the stage and the audience is out there and he's talking, no, he said, no, we'll do it in a bar. So we go leave the theater. And we go yeah. to a bar. He said, no, no, we'll build a bar. I couldn't wrap my head around it. Right. So he covered the entire seating area of the theater. Yeah. And he built a bar. Yeah. And if you wanted to watch the play, you came into a bar. Oh, really? And if you wanted to sit down, you found a seat. Yeah. And if you wanted a beer, you went up to the bar and you got a beer. At the, on the set? On the set. It was, it was not a It was a bar. Right, right. And in comes this guy and he starts talking about his life. Oh, that's great. And a guy in a bar. Yeah. And it's jumping on the piano, jumping on the pool table, no props, nothing, just wh what's ever there. Uh-huh. Um, and it was extraordinary. Wow. And I had nothing to do with it. <laughs> but I I learned a huge lesson there. Uh -huh. that, that was, that's so lucky that I got that play first and I had Eugene to help me. It was, P Peter Garrity was the actor. He's a, he's out here now. He's in New York now. He's a, He does a lot of film and TV wonderful wonderful piece uh and it just was like the light bulb went on okay this is this is theater yeah and people, collaboration and and yeah, it's conceptualization collaboration yeah and <clears throat> and people were coming in the place and loving it yeah you know? i bet well it's yeah. like they, it's not it's they've cool. never experienced that no. before how do you no. know you're gonna walk into a theater and that's gonna happen but eugene knew from the beginning that the scene partner was the audience because that's who he was talking to right so we'll put them in there with him Wow, and that's, that's yeah. And did and did that get give you the uh, the bug to direct more? No, <laughs> <laughs> that was enough. That was enough. That no, was... <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I did direct. I, he, you know, I did. I made a lot of mistakes. Uh -huh. Learned, you know. I got. I figured. I know how this. I know this stuff now. Sure. And then the next time you go out, he says, "Oh God, this was a dumb idea." Yeah. Um, but, but I did. I I directed in a while, and then and then I quit um, yeah. directing because I I felt I ruined an actor's performance. Just once? Well, I really felt I ruined this guy's performance. Oh, boy. I, I, what happened? I, well, I was trying to be helpful, and it was the I, he. I did to him what every director, that when a director does to me, I, I want to strangle him. Oh, yeah. So I just said, you got to, you, you can't, you can't do this. I, I, what did you do to him? I, 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 I was stupid. I didn't know how to communicate with him. Yeah. I didn't know what to say. I didn't know when to leave him alone. Uh-huh. And I didn't l allow him to find the world uh-huh and if somebody did that to me i would have been so pissed so you made him self-conscious somehow i confused him oh. i just confused him and 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 i just thought to myself i this i can't do this yeah yeah so yeah i stopped and then i came back and ru <laughs> ruined some more performance no, <laughs> but you were there for 14 years for the in and during mm -hmm. that time is when you went to la yes it was when i didn't tell anybody i was going there was a big break in in the and and I wasn't in the first few shows, and I said, "Well, I'll go out there for a few months." And uh, yeah, and and I came back, and boy, but like it's been, like I must like seventy five. That was sort of like it's a pretty wild period out here. 
Oh, yeah. It was right? for me, too, yeah. So, like, you know, you're coming into, like, a, a sort of, like, you know, post-60s, like, insanity. I brought, I only, clothes I had were corduroy jeans. Oh, yeah, well, that's Because right. it was cold in Rhode Island. Yeah. I was out here, it was 110. Right. And and I think I gained 25 pounds. Where were you staying? I was staying in a car, above a carport off Sunset Boulevard. Nice. Um, uh Crescent Heights. Oh yeah, uh, sure. you turn there and you'll see two carports uh-huh. with you know these windows. Yeah, they're broken. I'm, and that's where I stayed. Hundred hundred bucks a month. Was it a hotel or just a rental just, apartment? It was some guy's carport. Oh yeah, you know. <laughs> and so, so in Sunset Boulevard was crazy then, right? Uh, I mean, were things happening, I, or you were just me? You just, I was a doofus. Yeah. I had no no money. Yeah, I was trying to get auditions. No was, plan, and you're I, one guy split. I'm no plan. It's like Cool Hand Luke, like Paul Newman says, yeah. and I, I never had a plan in my life, and I just was there trying to make my way. And what happened? I got nowhere. I remember I went into an agent's office once. This and I, 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 I met the no clue and nowhere. I, I wasn't going into CAA here. I was yeah. going into I don't know who these people yeah. were, but the other carport, the, the other carport. <laughs> and this guy had a picture of of Mickey Rooney on his behind him oh, on his they, wall. It was about six feet high. Yeah, and I said, "Is he a client?" And he went, "No." <laughs> That was, that was the conversation. <laughs> um, and also the fact that that would have been enough for you to give that guy credibility. I was excited, Mickey man. Rooney, Mickey yeah. Rooney, man. Yeah. Because Mickey Rooney was... No. No. Yeah, so I didn't ask him why, though. But, and back then, you used to pay for auditions. I don't think they do this anymore. I don't know. Maybe they do. It was 35 bucks. Yeah. Um, and you brought... 15 or 20 resume pictures yeah and you left them out there and you would go and casting directors would come in during lunch hour and sit and watch all these actors that had paid paid the buck and they weren't casting directors they were you know just hustlers gophers yeah who worked in this it was a racket it was a a racket yeah. yeah so anyway I mean, I'm sure some people hired people from yeah, it, but yeah. so I when I did my Eugene O'Neill and right. and I walked back and every, there was about thirty of us, and we all went out afterward. Every single one of my pictures was still there, oh. and and every nobody else. They're all gone, and so I sat there counting, fifteen, fifteen. I said, maybe I brought sixty. <laughs> Everyone, ever nobody took any of them, and they were like, and there were great headshots. I took them myself, and you know, it was just uh-huh. the weirdest. But, but that was, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it wasn't in the, it wasn't in the cards no, that trip. Sure. That was, wasn't, a, that wasn't going to happen. Oh man, it's so weird to come out here because I, I, I talk to a lot of people that do it. I've done it before. You come out here for real, like where you just <clears throat> you come out here and you're like, oh, it's a big city. And you know, like I don't know anybody, uh, you, and, you, and there's no way in, and you never meet anybody. Either. No, no, and there's no way in. I, I, no, there is no way in. It's it, it's it, and so many people come out here, sort of like, well, I know that guy who went to Europe, right? Whatever, right. but there's no way. There's there, no. there's no path. No, no. You know, you, there's like there's there's this inner place, and then there's like oh, everyone just kind of trying to. <laughs> It's it's heartbreaking on some it's, level. It's <laughs> terribly heartbreaking and it's, hilarious yeah, at the same is. time. Yeah, and, I know. And but, it never changes. No, no. And it just gets. I think it gets harder because there's just right. more people. More people, but there's and but then there's the idea that like, well, there's more outlets. There's more yeah. content. There's a bigger business. Yeah, but then, no, but they see that the further you get out with the content, the less money or no money, right, and then you just right. got people who are building careers on not making a living. 
I'm doing a lot of stuff. <laughs> you can watch a lot of it. <laughs> but I'm not making any money. So, so what is the? How did you get the first movie? What was it? I was at back at the. I was at the Long Wharf Theater doing a play in New Haven. In New Haven. And my n- now manager, Bill Tresh, yeah. was there with Sandy Dennis. Do you remember Sandy yeah, Dennis? Yeah, she was great. And Who's um, Afraid of Virginia Woolf? Afraid of Virginia Woolf, yeah. 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 Some F- other stuff. Fabulous. Yeah. And, and she said to him, sign him. Oh, really? So Sandy I got, did. I got a knock on the door backstage. Yeah. And Bill said, I'm Bill Tresh. And I, 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 know, I knew where he was. Yeah. Um, and he said, I want to sign you. I said, Okay. Good. How old are you at that point? Thirty-six. Oh man, <laughs> thirty-six. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. it's going away. Yeah, it is. It was, it was gone. I thought it was gone. Uh, and um, <sighs> he said, "What do you want to do?" I said, "I want to be in movies." He goes, "Okay." I said, "I don't live in New York. I live here in Providence." He says, "I don't care where you live, but if I call you to audition, you have to come in. You can't say it's too far." Yeah. I said, "Well, just don't give me eight o'clock in the morning auditions. All right? Yeah. You know, you give me some time to get on the." And back then, the Amtrak was about four and a half hours from Providence to New York. Yeah, yeah. I had to change engines in New Haven. Yeah, and and if you were lucky, it was four and a half hours. Right, it was five, five and a half. Right, and so I'd go in in the morning and I'd have an audition. And I'd say something like, you know, freeze. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, you know, take uh, the train back. Take the train back. So still, this Jeez. is just like adding insult to injury. <laughs> it was, yeah, but at least I was auditioning, and you had representation. I had representation. Yeah. I had this manager yeah. who 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 kind of believed in me. Yeah, and um. I didn't have an agent, and then then I signed. After I got my first movie, I signed with an agency. And uh, what movie was it? Um, <clears throat> the Witches of Eastwick. Oh yeah, that was you're great in that. That you played the the husband of yeah. the lunatic. Yeah. What was her name? What's that actress? Veronica name? Cartwright. She was so funny. She's a fabulous actress. She's yeah. really fabulous. Yeah, yeah. She, she just called me the other day. Oh yeah. And I I talked to her one. She's she's been out here forever, and she's a wonderful actress, man. Yeah, she did a lot of stuff. She always plays that mm. sort of escalated. Oh, she's great. <laughs> intense yeah. character. She's great. I just yeah. saw that again recently, and it, uh, yeah, it was on TV. You it's, know? it's uh, yeah yeah. So you know, I got that. I don't know how I auditioned for it, and I got it. Um, and it's a big movie. It is a big movie. And um, who directed that? George Miller. Oh yeah. And they wouldn't let me on the set the first day. They didn't think I was in it. Oh, <laughs> they didn't believe you <laughs> because we were shoot, shooting half of it in New England. And, and so I li- I drove my car my first day, and the guard wouldn't let me through. And think, we said, got a guy out I said, here. I said, I said, I, I'm in this, and he said, "You and everybody else in town, buddy." <laughs> <laughs> what town was it? A coastal town up in Massachusetts. It was Massachusetts, anywhere, right? Yeah. yeah. So you didn't uh, did you didn't do scenes with Jack Nicholson? But he was around. <clears throat> yeah, he was great. He yeah. was so nice to me. Yeah. I saw the dailies. You know, they look pretty good. <laughs> he was so great to me. I, I I loved him. I just thought he was the greatest guy. That's good. Uh-huh. That's a good experience for the first movie. Yeah, to be I, hanging with Jack, Jack, and Susan Sarandon, and Cher. Michelle Pfeiffer, and Cher, and you know, and this dude from Providence. Yeah, it was great. And Veronica, it was fun. It was really nice. Um, that was a substantial part. That was a real part. Yeah, it, it was. It was a part. I, yeah. I actually was in Silverado before that, but I, I had two scenes where I said, um, I said, howdy. Yeah, and then you can't do that, and they shot me. So yeah, and was, that was it. That was it. But I was there for seven weeks. Where'd they shoot that? In Santa Fe. Oh, that's nice. I grew up in New Mexico. Yeah, they built this gorgeous set, and it was amazing. There's a lot going on in that movie. I remember that movie. 
And, yeah. and not with me. There was, <laughs> I, I was in the hotel for seven weeks. You know, it was the biggest snow in the history of Santa Fe. It was like two feet deep. Oh. I didn't have a car. I couldn't go home because I was a cover set. Yeah. Which means I, uh, if you're if it's a bad day outside, you go inside and shoot. Right. And so they wouldn't let me go home because I was a cover set. Right. So I was going out of my mind. Nobody knew who I was. Ugh, and you had two lines. And yeah, I guess it's, it's, it gets a little uh, uh, isolating. Larry Kasdan had a party the last week we were there. And I, yeah. I was just stir crazy. And I went to the party. Nobody knew me. <laughs> but Larry, who's a great, Larry's such a great guy. Yeah. He came over and he said, Richard. How long you been here? I yeah. said seven freaking weeks. Yeah. He said no, no. I meant at the party. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was, uh... Did you have? You didn't even work with him again? I did. And on uh, what? Uh, Darling Companion. Oh. A movie I did with uh, Kevin Klein, Diane Keaton, Diane Weist. Wow. Yeah. I didn't see that one. It kind of came and went. Yeah. It was a sweet, sweet movie. I like. I thought that uh, you know his movies. I was always excited to see his movies. He's a smart guy. He is a smart guy, and he's he's a wonderful guy. And his wife Meg, they're just terrific people. So so that well so that got everything rolling. But you did you had a, a a few small parts. I'm trying to see. Were you in Hannah and Her Sisters? I was. That's the first. That's really I think the first movie I did. Yeah. Sorry. And that's my father had had a stroke, and he, they came. I was in the beginning, and I had like five lines. Uh huh. I played a doctor who was on the phone with Woody. Tell him he, oh, right. he may have a brain tumor. <laughs> oh, that, you're that. That's right. That's and, right. Yeah. And so my dad had a hard time getting like his coat off, and he was in the theater, and the thing yeah. was starting, and they were kind of late, and he was taking his coat off. He had popcorn down. He put the popcorn down. He said, "I heard your voice." He said, "Jesus!" And I got stuck. He said, "By the time I got up, you were gone." <laughs> so they <laughs> sat. They they watched the whole movie and then sat through the beginning again to, <laughs> to, to see, watch you to watch my uh, debut. Isn't it weird that 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 feeling of like you know having this that what you and I would think was a cr- tremendous break, right? But but you know when you really look at it in relationship to what they're taking in, you're like, yeah. it, it's still embarrassing. I know it is like that's it. Uh, yeah, that's right. It. You don't do it anymore. Right. Uh, so this is what you committed your life to? Well, it's funny because my mother had a, a high school boyfriend, Bill's Indical, Bill somebody, yeah. who went out to L.A. to become an actor. Mm-hmm. And my mother was always talking about Bill. Oh, he's doing really well mm-hmm. out there, Bill. And so my, my dad would always roll his eyes. Yeah, yeah. Bill's doing great. So he said, finally, a movie came to Decal that Bill, yeah. Bill was in. Yeah. He's a, a boxing movie. Uh-huh. So we went to the theater and yeah. my dad's sitting there. No Bill, no Bill. Nothing. Got to the big fight at the end. All of a sudden, the last thing, a referee steps in. Break it up. Break it up. That was Bill. That was- <laughs> and, and my mother was like, see, that's Bill. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That was it. So I was Bill yeah. in Hannah. Yeah. But they, they had they seen you do theater, though? Oh, yeah. Oh, they, okay. they, well, they that's good. Lot, yeah. So when so you you're doing a lot of little movies out here. So you're coming out here a lot. Yeah, I did. I worked out here a lot. You were in Wolf. So you worked with Mike Nichols. I did. I worked twice with Mike Nichols. Love was Mike Nichols. An odd movie, but nonetheless a fully realized movie. When he was like, you know, was he great to work with? I loved him. I loved him. You know what he did the, my first day? I played this cop. This kind of generic cop. It yeah. Was, and he said, "What do you think about this guy?" Yeah. I said, "Well, I don't think he's really very bright." Right. From what I'm reading, here, yeah. the questions he asks. Yeah. And he goes, oh, okay, that's interesting. So he said, let's think about this. And it's the first day of shooting. I'm uh-huh. in my office and somebody, Mike Nichols yells out my name. And he said, your mother is on line two. The camera's rolling. Right. 
it's not in the script. Yeah. So I picked the phone up and go, yeah, ma, there's nobody on the other end. Yeah. I said, uh, no, mom, you, you, you put the television on three, not the cable <laughs> box. It was this thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then I said, because um, I was typing and making mistakes. I said, mom, where's my whiteout? Yeah. And finally I said, what, what are we having tonight? And I went, oh, God. I, all right, now hang up. And I there's this pause, and Mike Nichols in the other room says, so you live with your mother. <laughs> <laughs> and that kind of set the tone for the guy. You know? Oh, that's great. Yeah, and that's what he was like. He was so interesting. He threw you right into an improv. He just did, and I'm not great at them, but it was like one of those things where you just, all of a sudden, you start, it starts making sense. Yeah, that yeah. moment where you realize, like, okay, this yeah. is a, this is what this is. Right, this is what this and is. I, and yeah. and I, it's for a reason, <laughs> so I got to lock in. Yeah, yeah, and um, and it was. I loved him. I just loved him. Yeah, I I, I I never heard him repeat himself. Oh yeah, no, he was always he was so interesting and um, just really an interesting. Guy. Well, in in terms of like that's a very active engagement with a director. It seems to me. That, you know, because I talk to some people, I've talked to directors who some of them are sort of like, I hire the actor to do the job. I'm not going <laughs> to, you know. Which is kind of nice. Yeah, I bet. You know, if they let you do it. Yeah, you know, you know I say, that's what. Now, don't put your hand there. Put your hand over. He's like, I'll put mic. it somewhere. I'll yeah. show you where I'll put it. But you, you deal with both of those types. Yeah, you deal. You, you know, and most directors are, are, are um, you know, are, are terrific people. Well, and, you worked with David O. Russell early on. Yeah. Now, I remember that role. Yeah. Right. That right. was an odd role, right? It was a, yeah, really. You great. and Josh Brolin, yeah, yeah, we were married, uh, yeah, yeah, and uh, it's, I think it's a great movie for him with his ass. Yeah, but he must have been very intense. I mean, it, it was before he was huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah he was. He was intense. Yes, um, <laughs> but he, he's really smart, and he's um, uh, knows what he wants. He, well, he he, but he lets you play. Yeah. You know, he yeah. really wants to see what's going on and have, he likes to jump in there and be part of it. You know, he's yeah. really active and, oh, yeah. and, uh, you know, he's, he's, I mean, there was, you know, you, you knew great movies were going to come out of him. Oh, you did? Yeah. You just had a feeling. Yeah. Clint Eastwood you worked with? I did. I'm trying to remember what that, what's, which uh, movie is uh, that? That was Absolute Power. And, um, the one scene was me shooting in missing uh-huh I, I think that's why they cast me because i missed yeah if had they wanted yeah. an, an assassin who was really good yeah they would have cast somebody else. yeah he's pretty matter of fact he's quick, really right yeah, very laid back yeah he's very laid back i i was you know i he doesn't like a lot of takes yeah he likes one right what he likes yeah and and so i mean it, it, you feel a little pressure it's like oh god i had to put a rifle together on screen uh-huh and i had about 20 minutes to learn how to do it right and uh, I mean, I was sweat. You never saw so much sweat on me. Are you ready? He said, "I'm ready." <laughs> and, and I, I had to take the butt of the rifle, click it on. And I took the scope and clicked that on. And I took the barrel and I screwed the barrel on the rifle. I'm, you know, like a, the guy's been doing this his whole life. Right. The rifle's in this little case. Right. And then I take the the bolt. I take a bullet. And he said, yeah. "Hold the bullet up to the light and blow." The, dust off the bullet and he did this and yeah. i said oh my god why don't you do it because you do it great <laughs> he was so good at it he was he was great and so uh, I he's been blowing dust off bullets a long time i mean he's just is <laughs> he's clint, clint. He's clint. <laughs> you know he's clint he's amazing and then and then um so i took the blew the dust off put the thing on uh, aimed the gun and they said cut and the barrel fell off the gun <laughs> 
I, I had missed the threads and I was holding it with my fingers after the cut after though? the cut and he went uh, he just made it huh? <laughs> <laughs> and then I was supposed to go down and jump in my little Miata yeah and take off and I put it in reverse oh, and went backwards and that was I thought he was going to fall off the chair he was laughing so oh, hard that was good. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I, I provided a day's entertainment for, for Clint <laughs> that's funny and he did all these Farrelly brother movies because yep. yep. they're New England guys yes. how they, they they must have taken a liking to what you do to they didn't disposition. know I was from I actually built a house on the street they grew up on oh really <laughs> <laughs> yeah and uh, in Swampscott in where is it? Cumberland, Cumberland, Rhode Island, oh, yeah, which yeah. Is, I lived there for. I left. I was in Providence for like twenty, no, ten years, yeah. and, and I built a house out in the country. Yeah. And they grew up in that street. Oh my god! And I, I met them. How did I meet them? I was doing a movie that they were producing, and they weren't. And Bobby said to me, "Where, where do you live?" I said, "Rhode Island." He went, I, I, "I'm from Rhode Island." <laughs> I said, "Where?" I said, "Cumberland." He goes, I, "I'm from Cumberland." <laughs> Where? I said, Thomas Layton Boulevard. He goes, that, that's where I grew up. He was like freaking out. <laughs> and that that got you in. That got me in. Well, well, obviously, you know, you've worked with a lot of big directors. Yeah, they're great. The I mean, Cohen brothers. Yeah, fantastic. Oh, Joel and Ethan are just. So somebody said, what's it? What's different about working with Joel and Ethan Cohen? Yeah. And some actress, I, I can't think of her name. She said, well, there's two of them. Yeah, you know, uh, <laughs> right? They're they're amazing. They're amazing. What is guys. that set like? It seems very controlled. No, I mean, they... not at all. No, no, it's loose and fun. Really? Oh yeah, yeah. Because their movies seem so goddamn tight. Well, they know what they want. Yeah, but, but they also let you do your work. Right. I mean, they want to see. They 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 watch. Do they? they but or do they encourage <clears throat> improvisation? Or you mean they no, just? No. I mean, it, sometimes if it comes out, right? It, they're they're not going. Don't do that. They, you know. Um, they don't do a lot of takes. Um, they, they, I was, I love. Oh man, they're great. They're, I just watched Burn after reading recently again. Great, because the first time I watched them, like, well, you know, I, it didn't resonate as much as it should have. Because I love the Coen Brothers, so like, why? Cause I have to do this with Lebowski too. Like, why is it a great movie? You know, why is it a Coen Brothers movie? <clears throat> and you were like the the emotional heart of that movie. Well, I was like, uh, it, there, was, there's not a lot of uh, redeeming characteristics oh, in any of these people. Just, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just, uh, but <laughs> which they just adore. It, it's the first. It's the only movie they wrote with specific actors in mind. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, they yeah. called me up. They yeah. called me up. I was in. Uh, I was, uh, and they said, Richard, um, Joel, and Ethan are on the phone. Um, you know, since you're you're managing hard bodies, we we'd love you to work out a lot before uh, you come to shoot. I said, I do. Yeah. No, no, no. We 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 want you to lift weights. I said, I I do. And there was a pause. Okay, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> what were they expecting? That you're going to get ripped? I don't. I, I don't know. But the but, longing of that character and just that, you know. Like, and now, after talking to you for a while, that that moment, like that, like that moment where where you you're about to get shot, you know, for for the wrong reasons, like, yeah. it, it, it seemed like something you could probably really identify with. Ah, uh, yes, you're yes, absolutely. And 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 my favorite moment was yeah. when I show uh, Francis McDormand the yeah. the picture of me as a retired. I was a Greek Orthodox priest, right, right, and she says. Well, that must have been a good job. <laughs> I said, "Oh, it was." <laughs> that was that's the end that's of a it. Great job, yeah. yeah. Yeah, she's great, and you worked with her again recently in the in the uh, the Olive Kittredge. Oh my god, yeah, that was heavy, huh? It's fun. 
Yeah. That was fun. Yeah. That's some real acting stuff going on there. <laughs> it just seemed like, you know, because like, it, like, it, it was a small cast, right? And, yeah, you, know, you, you just kind of live your life, you know? It's just, right. you're, you, it was alive, man. It was just alive. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It, was, it was, you spend so much time with these people that, yeah. that, that um, it was great. How's, she, you like working with her? I adore I mean, I adore. she's so good, right? She's fantastic. We've done three, four movies together, but that—that's the. She called me up and asked me to play Henry. Yeah, and um, you know, this was her baby. She really, she produced it. She bought the rights to the book. Yeah, she hired Jane Anderson, and they—they they worked on it for two years to adapt it, and they took it to HBO. And, I mean, she really. This was her baby, and um, it, it was. It was great. Oh, it was a great. It was a great. Um, uh, job yeah it was a fantastic job yeah yeah and it did it did good it's weird right? to call acting uh, jobs i know but well you know but, it's 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 interesting that you know having not having wanted to do it and then getting the opportunity to do it you know later in life which i am is that like you know people who like because you do you sit around a lot yeah i and i love it yeah <laughs> yeah People said isn't it boring i said yeah it yeah is. it's great you're I, right I, I love it but you know but you probably also love the like what i had to learn just recently was that you know, you sit around a lot, but here comes your two minutes. Yeah, here you go. And and you know, you got to really lean into yeah, it. Yeah. That I mean, that's what you've been sitting around for. Yeah. So you know, instead of complaining about well, it, well, you have to be careful how you sit around. Uh huh. You can't, you can't just, eat too much. Well, you can't be doing a lot of stuff too much. You know? Yeah. I mean, if it's if all of a sudden you got to go do something totally different, or you, I mean, oh, right. I, I mean, you, it's it's. I mean, I. I think Gene Hackman always said, he's just, you need to be relaxed. That's what you need to be. You have to be relaxed before you do, uh, before you work. Yeah, did you, you worked with him on that Just a Clint Eastwood movie? I never met him. Never met the guy. He was in the movie, but I didn't. Oh, don't, isn't he something to watch? He's one of the great ones. Yeah, he's one of the great ones. Like, I think he said something like, you know, I know, I know how to fill up. Like, you know, like he, he, like, I don't, he's real, yeah, you guys are somewhere natural, <laughs> natural. But he's, no, he's Gene Hackman. Yeah, I, I mean, know he's Gene Hackman. <laughs> You're Richard he's, Jenkins. Uh, yeah. No, I know what you mean. But, uh, but yeah, I, I, but he must have been somebody that inspired I, you. I, I loved him. I, and Duvall. I love Duvall. No, those are the two, right? The you know, naturals. The men, something. Yeah. And Sp Spencer Tracy for me was, I just love Spencer well, Tracy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Spencer Tracy, like, he was sweet and good. He was amazing. You yeah. Know, you watch some of those performances. It's a lot like, of heart. Amazing heart. You know, just, he was like ahead of his time. Yeah. He was really, and then, you know, Brando comes along and every, we all did. Ruins I Ruins everything. And you just say, <laughs> you, how do you do that? You know, yeah. Oh, yeah. my God, you know. How do you do uh, that? I don't know. I have no idea. <clears throat> I don't know if it's necessary. Um, you well, you don't do it by trying to do a Marlon Brando. That's, that's right. You don't. You yeah, know, yeah, I mean, yeah. All of these guys are who they are. Like Montgomery Cliff too is yeah. another. I mean, kind of in Red R R River. You see him in Red River. You go, what? What is th this? Is so different than right. The, what these other guys are doing. Right. You can and, feel it, and it's just so real and alive. And, and yeah. And you and you do you lean in to to watch him. Yeah. It's like he's not coming after you. you yeah. Got, you got to go watch what he's doing. So you're here for the Globes. You wait. Let's hold on. Let's wait. You won an Oscar. That was exciting. I didn't win. I was nominated. Oh God damn it! No. I what wasn't. happened? I, I lost. God damn it! I didn't have a chance. Who were you up against? Um, Mickey Rourke in The Wrestler. Yeah. It was fantastic. Sean Penn won for Milk. Ooh, he was amazing. Um, Brad Pitt was up for and Frank Langella was the other guy. Oh Frank, yeah, for Frost Nixon. Yeah. I, I don't know. That was a great movie though. You're great I, in I, it. I got last. I, I 
Huh? I, I, I had the last. They, oh, they, they tell you that? They not you only up. did you not win. Yeah, you got the fewest vote. No, they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hi, hey, Rich, we just wanted you to know that you weren't even close. No, no. I mean, you were like way. I, we, we thought we'd tell you before the, the award so you can enjoy yourself. <laughs> That's the call you get in the car. Yeah. It's, not, it's not your night. Not your night. <laughs> no. But, you know, I don't know why one would expect it to be your night. You know, it's, it's, yeah, it doesn't. Well, I thought you won, so you should have just went well, with it. I, I should have. I should have. <laughs> and then, but now this is the, the Golden Globes for the, uh, for this bizarre movie. The Shape of Water. Yeah, I watched it. You're great in it. Thank you. And it was uh, <laughs> another heartbreaking person. Well, another longing person, person <laughs> who can't, you know, it's not working out. It's not working out, but yeah. it's finally somebody who realizes it. Yeah. And comes back and says, you know, I got nobody, and you're you're my friend. And uh, why, why am I not understanding that? Yeah, yeah. And why am I not helping? What, you? Whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. I yeah. don't, you know. That was yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a cool. It's a great arc, and a, and yeah. What's What's interesting is it's one of those movies that I don't. I wouldn't have watched because I'm like I'm not a fantasy guy. You know, I don't, I don't see like what is it? Fish guy? I don't know. What What is yeah. this? And it's and, not and, that and at all. There's a part of me that 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 talks like that in my head. Yeah. It's like, hey, who watches those movies? But it's not. No, it's not. I mean, it's like it's so it's it, you know you become it's human. It's a human story. Well, yeah, it, it's a, a totally human story, and you get so invested in in the in the human story of yeah. that. And I don't. It's sort of genius the way it the is. characters are put together. You know, it's how do you do this and make this work? It's it's just. I mean, I, 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 until I saw it, I didn't know how he was going to do it. Well, what were those sets like? I mean, were they, because it, it was, it was the closest I, I, I will ever come because I'm yeah. not, to being in a forties Hollywood movie classic. So they built all that stuff. They built it and, and it looked, my apartment yeah. was, everything was authentic in it and nothing was real. Yeah. Right, right, right. It wasn't real. Yeah. The peeling paint was, it was the most glorious poverty you ever, yeah, yeah. You, you know, the reds and underneath was green and every, there was nothing haphazard or accidental about this movie. Right, right, right. He, he's, he's. It's like a theater set almost. It, it is like a theater set, but it's, this is somebody who's figured out what movies can do that theater can't. Right. Oh, yeah. The opposite of sure. what Eugene Lee, and Eugene Lee saw The Shape of Water and he flipped. He did. He said, that's. Yeah. Look at that. That's uh, what a movie can do. Right. That's a visual story that this guy has told. Right. Um, and, you know, it's like Lawrence of Arabia. You you see 200 horses coming around the corner. That's 200 horses coming around the corner. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and Guillermo is a very visual director. And, yeah. And so how he was going to tell the story, I wasn't sure. Uh-huh. But um, I just, man, I love this movie. I yeah. just love this movie. Yeah, I, I was like so. Like I tell you, at the end, I was like, "That this better not be it." <laughs> you know, yeah. like because like I I was literally don't do this to me, right? Yeah. And I and I was texting you know people. I'm like, I don't need, I I'm not sure I can I can handle this right now. Like I don't know if I can watch the end of this. Oh wow, that's fantastic. <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah, it, it was. It, yeah. That's the truth. I was like, "It's just too. Yeah, the world is too much." I know. You know? <laughs> I know. I know. I know. It's like too much. It's just too much heartache. Here. Yeah. Right. Right. I'm <laughs> yeah, not. I'm yeah. not gonna. I'm not gonna. Not gonna do Bambi again. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> and Michael Shannon, I've talked to him. He's an intense dude. He is. He's great. Everybody was really good, yeah. and it's such yeah. an, 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 an interesting cast. world. Yeah. Like, what year was it really set in? Sixty-two. Sixty-two. 
because there was that weird mixture of 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 reality you know of of well that you know it was grounded in that era you yeah. know in a very real way oh yeah yeah yes yeah. yeah but you know you because of the oh my god and she was so good <gasps> she's fantastic the whole thing was yeah. it's really interesting and i i guess i don't think i saw his other movies what he did pan's labyrinth yeah that- pan's labyrinth yeah which is i hadn't seen a lot of his movies when yeah I, uh, um uh and so then i started watching him and you know you you understand this guy always has a real reason for doing something yeah i think this movie is probably as close to him as one you'll see oh yeah uh, it's it's yeah it's it's I don't know. I, from I just keep thinking it's more Guillermo than anything he's done. Oh yeah. Well yeah. I, I'm I'm just happy I watched it and happy I got to see you, and I'm happy I got to talk to you. Oh my pleasure, man. And uh, yeah, I, I wish you luck. Now, are your kids in show business? No, well, my daughter's a writer. Uh-huh. Um, um, she was an actress for a while. Never really liked it. it was really good, but never really liked it. Uh-huh. And she became a writer and is very happy. Uh, TV and movies or no? Just... A little of everything. Oh good. Yeah. And mm-hmm. my son is a CPA at uh-huh. Price, Price Waterhouse Coopers. Out here? And no, in Boston. He's in Boston. Oh, see, like you, you strike me as a New England guy. Well, I'm a Midwestern guy, but I know. I've, been, I've been in New England for 48 years. And, and, and yeah. it's like, you know, there's something great about New England. Either there is. My son was a drummer. For? For him. He was going to be a great drummer. Oh, and, yeah? Was he in a band? He, no, he was just a great drummer. Uh-huh. And, and I want him to be a drummer. Yeah. And he said, I want to be an accountant. <laughs> I said, why would you want to do that? You could be a drummer. And he is- Total opposite. He has never regretted. He he loves his job. He's, I mean, he's- Like the opposite of what you went- It's exactly right. It's exactly, I was like disappointed my son wouldn't be a professional drummer. Pursue a heartbreaking life in drumming. (laughs) It's like, I mean, I mean. (laughs) And he said, no. I said, said, why? He said, because I don't love it enough to work as hard as I'd have to work to be good enough to make a a living at it. He said, no, this is, his kid had it together. He knew his limitations right there. Oh, uh, saved himself a lot of heartache. And and, uh, he loves- being a CPA, does he play the drums anymore? Hey, they're setting and they're sitting in my basement. Oh. And uh, no, he doesn't. You play don't call him like once a year and go like, "Come on." Well, he, when he comes over, when he comes home, he plays. He sits down, and plays. Oh, does he? Bit. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Just to keep you happy. Every Father's Day, he would send me a drum tape that he would make to some song that I liked. Oh, he would listen to the song, learn the drum part, then he would play it with the song. Yeah. Oh, so that, that's uh, yeah. That's that's, a, that's how you 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 make your uh, actor dad happy. Yeah, you make your actor dad happy. And my daughter, when she stopped being an actress and became a writer, she just became. You could tell that was meant to be. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. just so great. So they're happy. My kids are. You know what's that thing? You're only as happy as your saddest child. Uh-huh. Uh huh. My kids are both doing really well. Knock on wood. Yeah, that's great. Do you have my grandkids? Son, my my daughter. They just. I have a seven month old granddaughter. First one. Uh, first one. My son just got married in June. Uh, my daughter's been married to this fabulous guy who's a writer. Yeah. And um, so now you got a grandkid. I have a grandkid, Franny. Beautiful, beautiful. Where do daughter. they live? Close. They live in Brooklyn. Oh, it's and not my too. My son's in Boston. Oh, so we're, East Coast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, congratulations. Thanks. Man. And good luck on Sunday. Thanks. Oh, and also, I loved your work on Six Feet Under. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, you know, I could say that about a lot of things, but, you know, we just, I, I feel weird when I just start going through the resume. Like, <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, you're in that. Oh, That's great. Oh, don't ever feel weird about it. <laughs> I'm an actor. <laughs> Why, thank you, Mark. <laughs> Big fan. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks. That was Richard Jenkins. The Shape of Water, obviously, is in theaters now. And uh, I, I wish him luck tonight at the Critics' Choice Awards. I'll, I'll see him there. 
too early to play guitar. I'm recording this early in the morning. Can't do it. I think I'm going to go look on the roof. Don't worry about me, though. That's, that's what I'm going to do. I'm probably going to do it, though. Now, you know what? I'm just... I'm not going to do it, okay? Don't worry about me. I'm not going up there. All right? Have a good day. Boomer lives!